Welcome to the Australian Weight Loss Surgery Podcast, where every two weeks we explore all the aspects of the weight loss surgery journey. We'll hear from a range of experts, including bariatric surgeons, psychologists, patients, and dietitians, sharing up-to-date informative advice to help fast-track your long-term weight loss success. Welcome back to the Australian Weight Loss Surgery Podcast. I'm Jackie Lewis, Clinical Nutritionist for Being Healthy, and today we're covering relationships after bariatric surgery and who else better to talk with you about it as Julia Laurent, our welcome guest this afternoon. Hi Julia, how are you? Hi Jackie, I'm great, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, very well. And last time we met on the podcast, we talked all about your approach to weight loss using mindset and your way of approaching it. Can you just open up that your skill set and the way you deal with those sorts of things in your practice so that then listeners can kind of grasp an understanding of the angles that you take in your time with them as well. Yeah, sure. Weight loss surgery is a huge thing to undertake. It's not just about losing weight. When you lose significant amounts of weight, a lot of emotional triggers are triggered. Relationships, work, your own self love issues as well the weight is minimal I know it's not minimal at the end but it's really only a small part of the change that occurs or needs to happen in order for the weight loss surgery to be permanent and successful ongoing we do see people who regain and usually that's because they haven't changed their mindset or their thinking we see the yo-yo syndrome happening all the time as well it happens without the weight loss surgery and in fact you've been doing all that that's why you've undertaken the weight loss surgery a lot of people see the weight loss surgery as the be all and end all it's a tool there are a whole lot of other things that need to go with it to make the transition from being a very large person to a normal whatever normal is person and that's right it rolls out in so many different ways. Do you think there's enough emphasis on this part of it, this changing what's in your head and your programs and your belief systems and all the learned behaviours you pick up along the way in life? I think sometimes we arrive at the surgeon's office and they're, they're not promising a miracle, but they hold the key to the beginning of this grave change and mm. they talk about the metabolic changes and how you won't be hungry anymore. It is a very successful procedure there's no doubt about that and the evidence shows that how much more emphasis do you think could be placed on that kind of other responsibility for the patient as far as you know investigating those beliefs and what they need to change I guess down the track it's huge it really is underdeveloped and I see this all the time in my clinic and with my clients they'll get to a stage where they've lost enough weight or they're starting to creep back up the scales, whatever. It's always because they haven't changed their fat brain thinking. They haven't changed their perception of who they are. Anybody can lose weight. It's keeping it off that is the issue. And in order for that to happen, you have to change your lifestyle. It's a lifestyle thing, but you have to change your mindset. It's a transformation of your mindset. And I say to my clients, what would a thin person think about X, Y, and Z? Mm. You know, how do you perceive that they would think so that we make strategies that can work for them? We start changing 
the brain start changing their habits and their mindset. But seriously, there is not enough emphasis placed on the mindset transformation required to have long-term success with bariatric weight loss. Mm. Your method, is it accessing unconscious? Is that correct? I use a lot of different things. I use coaching. I use energy, psychology, counselling. I use hypnosis because we can change the mindset quite quickly as opposed to seeing a therapist for 10 years. We can make change happen quite quickly, but they also have recordings and tools that they can use ongoing so that if something comes up, they not panic, not start eating again. We have a look at, we delve into the emotional eating, we delve into binge eating, what they're eating, where they're eating, why they're eating. It's not just about the food. Yeah. We have a look at when they start eating sort of normal. A lot of people have trouble with abortion sometimes because they're used to big plates and everything else. But And also if you've got a family or husband or something you're cooking for, Quite often that's how the weight can creep up too. Mm. You're used to dealing out those servings. But it's a myriad of issues that come up and that just never really get addressed. When I work with people who come to see me before they have weight loss surgery, they'll breeze through it because mm. we've already made changes. You it's know, like a head start program, oh, isn't it? Absolutely. So they won't have a lot of issues that other people do. Look, even in some of the Facebook groups, you, you see all everybody's comparing themselves to everybody else. And this is where it can get quite tricky. It's like, well, I haven't lost that much. What's wrong with me? But everybody's mm. metabolism is different. Their lives are different. You know, I have one client who was just allergic to everything on earth, I think. So we had to work within those parameters. But once she started losing weight, she lost quite a lot before she even had the surgery. Once she started losing, a lot of those medical issues are, are fixed, right? Great. We know this. So that was good. She could start introducing a whole lot of other things. But it seriously is mind-boggling that this is still not addressed. Mm. And, look, I think, too, that there are people who try to address it but don't do it properly because they don't really have an insight as to what the bariatric mind is like and what people are thinking, how they, the little tricks that they tell themselves are cheating, all that stuff that goes on underneath. You might find a psychologist, you know, deals in weight loss, but I'm not putting psychologists down, but unless you've sort of been down the track and worked with these people a lot, losing 50, 60, 100 kilos or more, it's very different to losing 20. You're right. And I think it's, it's a very specialist area, even through the work I've been involved for kind of six years now, six or seven years. And it becomes, you do get to get a really good understanding of how things work and how people think and that sort of thing. And it is a very different handling that is a very, I think, refined skill in my opinion. We talk about all of these changes around food. Tell me, you're seeing in practice relationships in upheaval also. What do you think it is that's contributing to that? Like some people report that they're quite happily married and everything's going beautifully and then they have the surgery and suddenly they feel great and everything's going well, but the relationship falls apart. So it's like, shouldn't it be getting better because I'm getting better? But they're finding quite the opposite in some areas. And others report that 
family dynamics are just kind of really very hard because not everybody's in your camp when things are going really beautifully for you. (laughs) Some are very happy for you and others are like, I think it shows up for them sometimes kind of what the areas that they're not looking at. And this person in the family is walking around kind of as a representation of all the things that these other people might be thinking and it's too hard. So they kind of not attack them, but it's easier for them to not be so loving, isn't it? So where's that? How do you reckon that all comes about? Look, it comes about initially probably because the relationship was dysfunctional to start with. When you're large, you tend to put up with a little bit more than what somebody else would because the mindset is that, well, at least I'm with someone, I've got somebody, it might not be what I want, but at least I'm not on my own. Mm. We do, we have this thing of being alone and whatever. And also too, a lot of people say that when they're they're larger and alone, they feel isolated and they feel like, well, the public expect them to be alone because they are large. So, but what we see with the research is that single people going into weight loss surgery have great success afterwards getting into great relationships because they'll have done some mindset, hopefully, changes, and because confidence, self-esteem have improved. The new person they meet doesn't know the old them, the fat them. So, you know, they can present a whole new confident person, right? It's up to them whether they tell them their history or whatever. But we see that the relationship, it is about change. It's about somebody else who's been maybe under somebody's thumb, you get confidence, you get a bit of bravado. You think, oh, no, I'm not putting up with this anymore. So you'll speak up more. Mm. People don't like that if you've been one to, you know, be timid and just put up with it. So there's a whole lot of change and everything. With family and friends, what happens is that your identity is the fat one in the group, the fat one in the family. So here you go, start changing it, start losing weight, and people can't cope because what happens is then somebody else becomes a fat person, right? (laughs) So you're no longer the fat person. They can't relate to you. So the dynamics have changed a bit. So here you'll get jealousy. Friends actually move away. We know Mm -hmm. that marriages can break up. but And in families, there's always a bit of jealousy and everything else. I've had people come in, they've lost all the weight and then the other family members started putting it on. They've always been the thin one and the thin one comes to see me because they can't cope with being fat and they will say, you know, she's always been the fat one or he's always been the fat one. Like I can't cope with this. They might put on five kilos. The other person's been carrying around 80 kilos extra. So they have no concept. It's all about them and their Mm. identity to them in that group or family. It's incredible how we set up those identities or people set them up for us. And even I see how much we, people identify with illness, their own, you know, my back pain or my autoimmune condition or my depression or my weight or my this. And the minute you start calling it mine, how hard do you reckon it is to get rid of it? and give it to either the earth or give it to someone else. It's yours. And I always try and remind people to keep it as objective as possible. So it's like lose the weight, not my weight, or regain my weight. Because, God, imagine if you're saying, I don't want to regain my weight. It's like, 
how quickly our language walks us down the path of here I am regaining my weight because it's mine, I'm going to go looking for it. So that's where we get into that kind of inner dialogue and the way we present even our language and how we need to be aware of what that programming is doing in the brain. I was watching something this morning and it's talking about how we're just like a massive supercomputer and whatever the code is we keep putting in and repeating, we're giving that computer no other option but to spit that direction out. So whether you're talking about I've got no money or I'm overweight or I've never been that smart or whatever, it's like however many times you repeat that, your body has no other option but to respond in the way that you set it up. So I think it's taking it away from our own and looking at it from an objective point of view and seeing what we can do with it. Absolutely. Look, I stop people mid-sentence and I go, do you realise what Mm. you just said? I really get them to hone in on their language because the language is so important. If you're telling yourself you you can't lose weight or you always put it back on, sometimes people can't get that what you focus on, what you're telling yourself a million times a day is what you're actually creating. You're creating more of what you don't want. Mm. So language in all of what I do is extremely important. And particularly it, it refers with relationships. I've always been this. You're not the fat one. You've got fat, doesn't mean you're the fat one. But what happens, particularly in groups and families, is that you define yourself that way because everybody else has defined you that way as well. And it's hard if you don't know how to, to let go of that. So here's where problems in relationships, friendships, whatever, comes into play. And look, I've seen some horrible things that happen with people who will even try and put weight back on so that the relationship gets back to where it was. It's never going to happen. Mm. But in the process, what they're doing is sabotaging themselves Mm. for the sake of somebody else, a relationship that was probably dysfunctional anyway. So it really is about having a look at what's going on and what you're putting up with. It's also those fear-based behaviours. I'm I'm losing this, but that's not always a bad thing and grasping the understanding that loss and change and upheaval and this kind of movement forward is not always going to be it's not always going to be linear it's not always going to be pretty and it's not going to be rosy all the time but understanding that some of these kind of hardships or changes or upheavals are not necessarily a failure or be the end of the road, or see a catastrophe. They could actually be like a way through to something totally different and quite incredible. Very hard to see that when it's happening. <laughs> when, when you're in it, it's really hard to see. Hindsight's great, and somebody yeah. else can tell you. But it really is about saying, okay, you've had the the surgery, or you wanted to lose weight, whichever way you're doing it. If you go back to where you were, or stay where you are. What are you getting from it, right? So they're getting something from it, yeah, regardless of how bad it might be or seem to you or I or whatever. There's a kickback somewhere in it. So we have to find that kickback, right? And, and that can just be they're scared to get out there. Some people who've been the majority of their life don't know how to act as a slimmer person, mm. right? So this is stuff that we deal with as well. It's all in the mindset. 
how do I act like a slim person? I have one lady who I sent to a an image consultant to help her with how to dress. She said, I don't know what to wear. Things like that. So it runs the gamut of emotions and our lifestyle as, as well. Yeah. But it's, um, you can get there and it doesn't have to be as hard, but your language doesn't help. No, that's right. And I think it's exploring the ways that we're locking ourselves in. So mm. that takes me to another question of either lost weight somehow or you've had your surgery. And I think it is up to that individual to come into life and to those people and communicate who they are now because I think that clarifies a lot of things. I've taken this step. I want to be healthy. This is my new way of living. I want a healthy lifestyle. Do you welcome that kind of thing? How do people, is that something that we should do more of is turn up in our relationship and say, hey, this is why I'm doing this. This is what I'm hoping for. Are you on board kind of thing? And then working out from there. But I think it's up to us when we do create change to actually communicate it because no one's going to read your mind about what you're up to, I suppose. Do you think that's valid? In families, close relationships like friends, quite often they don't want to hear that, right? I've had people quite often say, oh, you've taken the easy way out. There's nothing easy about weight loss surgery. Mm. It is a tool, right? It's like when you start renovating. It's all right to knock down the walls, but you've got to be careful of electricity and plumbing and everything else, right? You open up a Pandora's box. But I think what you really need to do is when you're getting some negative feedback or something's being said that you're a bit uncomfortable about, and you'll feel that in your body, is to actually address it, Mm. right? And that can take some courage. That can take courage and change and just say, why don't you want me to be healthy? Why don't you want me to be slimmer? Because there's a kickback for the other person as well. They're the slim one in the family. There is a lot of fat shaming going on. There always has been. Possibly there always will be, but there has been enormous amounts of fat shaming and discrimination that goes on in in the workplace as well. There's also the work relationship. I had a guy who he lost over 107 kilos, I think it was. He was looked over for everything. He now runs the company. It's incredible, isn't it? I have heard that so many times that you get a better opportunity if you're seen as to be that desired weight I'm actually recording with a personal trainer after you who has lost 50 kilograms and he was turning up for job interviews for gym positions and getting knocked back and he knew why it was kind of how he used it to motivate himself basically and just really put his head down because he knew that he really wanted to be in that industry and then yeah bizarrely started getting lots and lots of work and And, I mean, what a great example of bringing that into personal training for people to help them with weight loss. It's a really pertinent story. It is incredible how there's just this, you know, closed door because of your genetics or your environment or your learned behaviours and your your history. Yes. Tell me a little bit. I know you're seeing people who are in relationship and maybe both are overweight. What happens when one decides to take the plunge and in whichever way, lose weight. Do you see those relationships thrive or struggle? A lot of them will struggle. A lot of them will. It's a bit like when you've got two partners that smoke, right? One, what happens is they try and sabotage it quite often 
And also it'll be, particularly with weight loss, they'll try and feed you. There's family members that do this as well, right? So they go, come on, eat up, eat up, eat up. But And I say to people, have a look at the people feeding you. They're generally slim and they generally don't eat what they're giving you. So give them some tricks and everything on tips on how to deal with all that. But this is what can happen is that the other person who isn't losing or isn't on a diet or whatever you want to call it will try and sabotage the other one because we're two fat people together. You know, that's who we are. And if you go changing, that means I've got to change or the relationship's going to change. It's about fear. Then I'm going to be left on my own as the the fat person. Mm. But can be quite problematic. I see that too, people. Our thing was to go out for dinner together and our thing was to have a great meal together and to have a drink. Mm. And now what, and even patients who've had the surgery will say, well, now what do we have? And it's like, this is, this is where your skill set comes in is to, well, what else is your relationship based on? You feel there's this massive void if you don't eat food together and drink together. What else do you have there that is binding you and bonding you, I suppose, outside of eating a meal? It's looking at finding other things to enjoy as activities, but also like those common value sets and that sort of thing. Do you think this brings about a values change as well? Absolutely. The whole thing about this is that any relationship has to value you, right? It is about your own values. And sometimes as larger people, we don't know what those values are because it's a whole different lifestyle. It's a whole different mindset that's going on. But you can still go out and eat. You're just not eating as much, right? So this is one thing that I will, people tips, we work on this is how to eat when you go out, Christmas time, all those sorts of things. But my thing I will say to them is if a slim person, a thin person, if they go to a banquet like the Queen's invited them to a banquet and there's everything you could imagine, if they are not hungry, they will not eat, mm. right? So what part of my thing is that don't eat if you're not hungry. Yeah. Right? And that's about getting in touch with your body, with your mindset. Am I hungry? Okay, I'm going to eat. Am I not hungry? But what you can do is just put a few little things on your plate and you'll be surprised how people leave you alone. It's unbelievable. And I've done testing with this with other people. And with family, we sort of tested it out when we've been, and it's just amazing. And I have clients ring me afterwards and go, oh, my God, that worked. I wasn't hungry. I just sort of put something up, took a little bite and chewed it, and they just left me alone. Normally, it's just little things like that that can change someone's life, change their projection with their weight loss, finding out how to do these things. Um, yeah, and that's tools that tap you into those scenarios. It's the same when you're trying not to drink anything. Yeah. And you go out and you'll say, no, thanks. And they're not okay with you not having a drink. Absolutely. So, okay. yes, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. that realisation that it's not about your choice, it's their no. problem with your choice and that's their problem. So you say, no, thanks, I'll just have water. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. I'll just have tea. I'm fine. You sure you don't want to drink? No, I don't want to drink. 
I think you repeat it about four times. And is it about the fact that you've chosen not to have a drink or is it about the fact that they have chosen to have a drink, that it's showing up for them that you can socialise without drinking and maybe that would be tricky? So it's the same with food. I think it's, no, thanks, I don't want dessert. Are you sure? No, thanks, I don't. Are you definitely 100% sure? I think we're getting better. Like I think life is heading into a more kind of, flexible and and we're making better choices so if you turned up to someone else's place for afternoon tea 20 years ago and you said no thanks I don't want cake you would be offending the host now if you say no thanks I had lunch or no thanks I'm just not hungry I'll just have tea it's not as offensive as it used to be in our kind of hospitality kind of understanding of the way we take care of people I suppose I think that's getting better is no, thanks, I'm doing a program. No, I'm my doctor's working with me on being more healthy and I'm making better choices and I'm, I'll just have water. So I think there are better tools and more understanding, but it's definitely not perfect when it comes to those large changes that we're making. No, and look, the, the, you touched on a really... I don't drink much alcohol because, you know, I've got to drive. I can't afford to lose my licence. But other people... They don't like you not drinking because when we're drinking, eating, whatever, we're part of a group, it's part of a community, it's a bonding, right? It's a bonding thing. That's what we're doing with all this stuff, unfortunately. But what I do is I'll just get some bitters and soda and drink that. But I actually had to stand up one time at the head of a table and go, do not ask me if I want a drink again. I was like everybody, I said, if I want one, I will get one or I will ask you to get it. But please, I don't need, you know, to be inebriated or have an alcoholic drink to have a laughing fit. I can do it. I don't need that. It doesn't calm my nerves. It doesn't do anything. But I don't want you asking me again. And I've had people do this, the same thing with food. When I've told them, they'll go, look, I, I don't want it. Because when you're a larger person and you're in your journey of losing weight, are you with friends, family, whatever? Some people may not know you've had the surgery either, right? Mm. So you're sitting there and they'll go, oh, try and feed you, but you go, look, I'm not hungry or no, don't want to. And they, they'll laugh at you, yeah. right? So this is quite demoralizing. This can sort of turn somebody over the edge. Yes. That, what do you mean? Look at your weight. Why aren't you eating? Whatever. So they'll go into a whole spiel and sort of get stuck into this person just because they're not wanting to have a piece of cake because how dare you? Doing the right. I know. It's interesting how it's so offensive for everybody else but us. (laughs) Yeah. But relationship, you know, these are the relationship issues that that come up. It's like they come up when you're drinking, eating, even walking, doing some Mm. exercise sometimes. People... They're so large they really can't do a lot of exercise, nor should they start running marathons, let's face it. But I just tell them, go up and down your driveway 10 times a day. Go up and down your hallway. I had one lady, she reckons she had to get new carpet because she walked the carpet out in the hallway, so she was quite grateful because she didn't like the carpet. But um, (laughs) One way of getting rid of it. (laughs) Exactly. But she had an arthritis thing as well. She was extremely large, but Mm. she just kept doing that right? It's like I say to people, you don't need to do an hour of training. Just get on the treadmill for three minutes, go hell for leather, 
And do that 10 times a day. You've done 30 minutes of exercise. Yeah, it doesn't right? have to be all out and all no. at once. Yeah. So it's a mindset of that as well. So there's a lot of expectation with the relationships and everything else. And there's a bit of secrecy too because people put a lot of shame and guilt on you because you might have had the surgery. People will help you and embrace it. It's like, should you be eating that cake? You're on the diet. I thought you were dieting. Why are you eating the cake? There's all these things that happen as well. People like to reinforce it being overweight and you've been on diets before and you've always put the weight back on. Family and friends will say that you're going to put the weight back on because that's what you do. That's like, right. How that hard? Hard. Yeah. It is. So all these yeah. relationship issues come into play and bariatric divorce is a real thing. Bariatric divorce, the stats are very, very high, right? So the divorce may be in a marriage or a, a long-term relationship or, well, even with friends. I mean, yeah. friends getting jealous is very, very common. And, you know, we've got to help people work out whether that friendship actually is a friendship or if it's, you know, if it's of use. And if it is, find out ways to communicate to this person what's happening. It's looking at the dynamic, I guess, of what brought you together in the first place. And that's not always conscious. That's where your skills would come in. In This is not working, it's falling apart. And then you would have to dissect it and have a look at kind of what brought it together in the first place. And then can that be sustained when there's such change in the way we live our lives, I suppose? And are we on the same page anymore? There's some great examples of partnerships where one has the surgery and the other one gets into incredible shape and they just support each other and you can see that the foundation of the relationship before that even started was solid obviously Mm. and they just kind of they're growing together I think that's when it's lovely and you see they've kind of you've got someone in your corner helping you it's very easy when you've been living with someone who's been on this diet and that diet and this is it for me and I'm going to do cabbage soup this week and now I'm going to do keto and very easy for the person who's watching that to go oh, this is a, just another form of that and to be a little unsupportive because their expectation has been set by the previous patterns in the past I suppose and that's very hard when it's like the end of the line a lot of the time by the time they get to the surgical kind of intervention stage and it is when the chips are down also that this is your last chance and then looking at who can support you mm. and who's not supportive. You were talking also about single people who have weight loss surgery or decide to lose large amounts of weight and how when they are doing that in an untethered way rather than in a related way, their successes in future relationships are quite significantly different. What do you think is at work there? Well, what happens is when you're single, You've still got relationship issues with a lot of people, but not with a a significant person you're living with or whatever, married to. You don't have that pressure in a way. What happens is that you're gaining confidence, self-esteem, you're learning to love yourself again. You don't have the parameters of someone else's words, someone else's expectations of you on you either. But what we see and what the research shows us is that single people have fantastic success at forming new romantic relationships or partnerships 
after they have the surgery and lose the weight. And this is because of confidence, self-esteem, and they start liking themselves, start loving themselves, wear things, whatever, that they wouldn't have before. So it's really lovely to see that, and I've seen a lot of it. I've seen a lot of people, you know, get pregnant. I've seen a lot of divorces. We try and get through those as quickly, easily, and unscathed as we can. Seen a lot of marriages and everything. So it's been really lovely. Mm. And it can work out, but you've always got to put yourself first and live to your own values. And sometimes we don't know those because we've lost them along the way, being the larger person and that's correct. You know, staying there. But we do see this with people with illnesses, someone gets cancer, a partner gets cancer, there's a high rate of people that will leave because Mm. they can't cope with that person being sick. It's very common and it's the same dynamics that happen a bit with the weight loss as well. So it's just it's almost like a different person, isn't it? And if you can grow with that person and see Mm. and get some insight into what that all means, that's, you know, where I think relationship can be actually strengthened. But, yeah, it's not always the way, is it? There's wider friends and family. They're, they're jealous or they're upset when people are losing weight. What's behind that? Look, it's the jealousy, it's the change, the dynamics of the group have changed. They're used to you being a certain way. And, again, someone else in the group is now becoming the fat person, mm. right, because you've lost all the weight. You're thinner than some of the other people now. so. It's a bit threatening to them. And people talk about it too. Don't you look great? Isn't it wonderful? You're doing, you know, you must be feeling so well. And the focus is on this person that they're used to keeping in a small box, aren't they? Absolutely. Lower than. And then this person turns up and they're vibrant and everyone's commenting on how great they're looking. And a lot of people are not that excited when things are going well, are they? Because, you know, it's all about me. (laughs) It's amazing. I've had a lot of people say that, when they're going to school, the, the pretty people or wouldn't have a bar of them, right? Mm. And they're these pretty people. And like they, they'll bring in photos and share with them and they'll see these people or find them on Facebook and they go, you should see what they look like now. Oh, my God. They've done a 360 and it's like, I'm that person now, but yeah. I wouldn't have to treat them like that. So it's, um, I even had one person seek out someone that had treated them horrendously, horrendously. and. They were not apologetic, but she said, well, have a look at you now like, and have a look at how I look. All those things come into play. Yeah, but, sweet yeah. revenge we call that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. It's just like, well, you know, hello? Yeah, how are you going? Yeah. yeah, How's it all worked out for you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I say this to people just because the good, sweet people at school, pretty people, they don't always look like that 40 years later or 20 years later. Life happens to people. Yeah, absolutely. That's um, why they have reunions, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Just uh, to see what's happened. <laughs> I've had people say, I've got this reunion and, you know, how are we going to how am I going to do this and that? And, you know, so we have a plan, right? So, yeah. you know, and they'll ring, some of them ring up from there and go, oh, my God, you should. It's just amazing. But it's so lovely to hear people get on top of their issues and lose the weight and start living their life instead of mm. just existing. Correct, yeah. 
And that's, we see that we did a branding campaign for our new BN Healthy brand. And from there, we asked our audience, our customers who would like to be a part of these photo shoots we were doing. And I can't tell you, like, just the stories and the freedom and the confidence and even just some beautiful love stories that from relationships that existed prior, but also ones that are new. And just, I just find it is incredible just how much we put on being a smaller person and how we connect that with being vibrant and confident and, you know, successful in a lot of ways. And it's not until they land in that place that they have all these different things on offer. And even you see people going for different jobs that they never would have applied for or getting jobs that they were getting rejected from. So it's just game-changing as well. So looking at all of this and these um, Pandora's boxes, as far as relationships go, how do people minimise the impact of these kind of happenings after weight loss surgery okay so I always tell them if if I see them beforehand I say start now start now to prepare start now to try to do things together whether it's going for a walk or getting them to help you with some exercise Mm. or whatever is to be involved before it starts happening and maybe talking about it to saying look you know I'm going to be losing all this weight and bloody bloody blah this is going to change, that's going to change, you know, I want to do this, so that the other person can start to change as well because it is change for them as well, right? But you always, always have to live up to your own values. Be in touch and mindful about how you're feeling in your body. Have a list of what you want to do. Why are you really wanting to lose the weight, right? Yeah, so remember why you started the journey but start doing it beforehand if you can so that it continues afterwards so you've already started the bonding of I want to go every Sunday we'll have a family day and we'll just go somewhere you know do A, B or C remember that it's okay to feel sexy because a lot of people have trouble with that they haven't felt that for a long time so getting them to feel okay about about that, that that will happen to you, that you can't be confident. Some relationships may end, some may start, some mm-hmm. will get better. But there's nothing about you or your weight. It's just that was there anyway. The weight was masking everything. You do deserve to be slimmer. And get professional help if you need that. That's good. Keep the communication open, but always put yourself first because quite often larger people don't do yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of that people pleasing mentality and the family first and I'll lose weight when all the kids are gone and uh, I'll they're looking after elder parents or whatever and it is the first time that they have to sort of put that aside and look after themselves first it's like putting the oxygen mask on first on a plane I suppose isn't it really foreign kind of habit to form and just understanding that that's not selfish even if there's noise around you that is talking about how selfish it is to know that it's actually not. Because a lot of the time that's it is they were there for me, they did everything for me and now suddenly they're off exercising and putting some stuff in for themselves and, you know, where are they? Well, they they were overdoing it before and now you just have to get used to that kind of healthy level of exchange too. Absolutely. It's about being accepted. We all want to be accepted and belong and have, people we think like us, Mm. quite often horror stories 
about how people, larger people have done everything for everybody else, always been there, and then when they needed somebody or they said, yeah, I'm having right. surgery to lose weight, they're just not there. And that tells you a lot about that relationship. But in a way, it's about your own self-rejection too, isn't it, sometimes, yeah. that you're rejecting yourself. You're rejecting yourself and putting everybody else first so that they don't reject you, but in the end they do reject you because yes. you're pretty much it's sad. So cool, isn't it? Yeah. The other thing I'm hearing is this dealing with success. It's like we often go for coaching and intervention and support when things are going badly, but I think we need it as much when things are going well because we're often not used to it. So it's like yeah. this, we always talk about fear of failure, what happens if I fail, but what do I do when I succeed? And sometimes this is the first time there's like success. They've been battling this thing for most people have battled for 15, 20 odd years at least and suddenly it's working and everything's kind of falling into place and they've put in all their ducks are sort of starting to line up and that's when I see regain is like oh I don't know what to do with this I'm more comfortable back in who I was before because I can't handle this win I'm having so do you do some work with that kind of stuff absolutely absolutely it's just part and parcel of it all it actually takes more energy to be in that other place and it does to actually lose weight and say okay I feel uncomfortable about all this and I'm a bit upset but you know what I'm not going to devalue myself by going back there I'll get strategies whatever of how to to deal with it and but this is about me and it's allowed to be about me it has to be part of this whole journey absolutely Mm. has to be it's about the mindset. That guy I was telling you about, the C, who's now CEO, he comes and sees me probably four times a year. We call yeah. him tune-ups. So because when he took over as CEO, a lot of the people who were working with him uh, when he was getting passed over couldn't cope with him getting that position. Even though he should have had that job 20 years ago, they couldn't cope with it, right? So they left. Some of them still aren't working. So he had a little bit of guilt about that, right? So we had to work through that. But he comes in just to have a like a bit of a brain dump or if anything's happening, whatever. And the research shows that those ongoing professional relationships and interventions are what holds those results in place as well. Because it's not like we've we're one and done, is it? We're always kind of evolving and things are changing. And I think unless you do take that and kind of just even the time out to introspect, sometimes you turn up to therapy and you're kind of driving there going, oh, I don't really know what I'm going to talk about today, which is a good place to come from when you're heading towards that. And you kind of sit in the seat and go, oh, you know, and then suddenly you just start talking about something and off you go and there's something else to do. And I think that's growth. That's when you're actually, you have a growth mindset is that you turn up and you're still willing to look even though, you might feel like you've done most of it. But I think it is an ongoing process and, and things are going to come up all the time that it helps with that sort of solidifying the result and looking at kind of different impacts in all areas of your life as well. Absolutely. And look, the other, which is an issue, has been an issue, is with regain people and relationships, all this stuff. Sometimes people we'll have a myriad of other health issues happening before, after, whatever. Enough attention is not paid to medication Mm. and how that can put weight on people, right? There are medications that can do that and we know that and doctors know it, 
but we don't look at it. So I always get people to have a look at their medication, talk it over with their medical practitioner, and go, is there another option? Or yeah. you know, what else can we do? Because regain can be because of that. And we don't pay enough attention to that. And some of the medication can actually make you really hungry. Not yeah. anything going on with anything else. It's just the chemicals. And then they're beating themselves up. I'm overeating Absolutely. again. Here I go, I'm failing. Yeah. It's not actually them. It's just no. driven by something totally outside of them. Exactly. Um, and yeah. that, those are the conversations that come up is, has anything changed? What are you doing that you weren't doing? So it's looking at, like, when people do start to regain, they're blaming themselves immediately. It's the first yeah. place they go is, here I go again, I'm regaining. And yeah. a lot of the time it's something as simple as that. It's, well, this has changed or you've lost that much weight that you've taken too much of that medication or you're just tweaking all the time from absolutely um, mental and physical perspective. Absolutely. see this all the time. Maybe just something that they've been eating for a long time. It starts not agreeing with them because the microbiome in your gut and everything else changes, right? Your body's changing all the time. And as we age, it changes. We all unfortunately know that. <laughs> the wrinkles, Botox, but yeah. So there's all that that comes into play, but it's about not panicking and not, it's about that relationship with yourself, which is the the most important relationship in all of these relationships because that is going to dictate how you deal with all these other relationships. Correct. And that's why we say it starts with you because unless you can learn to understand you and reflect on you and understand your values and all that sort of stuff and love yourself it always sounds cliche but I think the amount of love you have for yourself is reflected in your near relationships as well so you can see if things aren't going right there often it's time to look at what are my values here and how much do I value myself and love myself because that's the limit on how much I can love another absolutely and what happens is that when you're in that space you're confident, you've got your self-esteem, you're loving yourself enough and you're not putting up with any of the crap or anybody else, you won't attract those people. And if you do, you'll go, no, that's not for me and they'll move away from you, whatever. But but they won't be attracted to you because your whole energy has changed, right? So this is the other thing as well. It is about change and change is hard sometimes, particularly when you've been, you may have been at home keeping away from the world. A lot of people said to me, you know, isolation with the lockdown was good because they didn't have to go out and stuff. Yeah. But we don't want people doing that. No, long term, not so good. We've all learned that, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I don't want to be doing that anymore. No, let's have no more of that. But I think you're right. There's There's habits in that, but there's also... There's reasons that we choose those kind of behaviours as well. Absolutely. Thank you. I'm, I could always talk with you for well over our episode allotted time and I'm sure there's more we can do. So I really love your work and I think the way that you access these parts of ourselves that we can grow and change and support the whole process is really quite powerful. All of your contact links and your website address and everything will be on the show notes on the Australian Weight Loss Surgery Podcast website. How, yeah, we'll, and if you'd like to reach out to Julia Lorench, based in Melbourne, but you do work via Zoom and um, remotely too. Yes, absolutely. I have people all around the world. Huge, huge success. Yeah, thank you. 
love what I do. I really do. Yeah, that comes through loud and clear. It's wonderful oh, to talk to you. Yeah, thank you so much, Julia, for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And just before you go, we would love to hear your feedback. So please give us a rating and review. For other interesting topics of conversation and inspiration, come and drop into our Facebook community at BN Bariatric. If you've enjoyed our podcast, we hope you will share on your Facebook or Instagram and hit subscribe so you'll never miss an episode.